Welcome to the Covenant Podcast. I'm your host, Macy Gates. Today, I'm here with um, Pastor Aaron. What's up? Mindy. And Pastor Mike. Hey. Today, we are continuing our series on uncomfortable conversations, and today's topic is the relevancy of Scripture today. So, Pastor Mike, you want to take it over? Yeah, well, we, our, our Scripture we kind of picked out for today was 2 Timothy 3.16, which says, All of Scripture is God-breathed. We're living in a culture where uh, a lot of people are trying to redefine what the Word says or if it's actually... Was it written for today? Can we really trust that something that was written 2,000 years ago, and in some cases much longer ago than that, is it still practical? Is it relevant for us? And so obviously uh, I'm, I'm of the opinion that it is. And uh, so uh, it's, a, it's a big deal in our culture. It's a big deal in the body of Christ. Now we have, I believe, entire denominations, and certainly – People coming from political avenues that are redefining what the word says, and uh, I happen to believe I'm in that in that camp where I believe if we don't hold to the inerrancy of Scripture, uh, we're pretty much up for anything. You know, we right. we're fall, we'll fall for anything. You know, so that's yeah. that's where we can start. You know, with with uh, with that message. You know, as from us, and what I believe is that we're we're called to walk it out real and. And I believe every word of it's true. So that's my take. Yeah. yeah. So. so it kind of remind me of a country song. If you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. can't remember who that was. Don't sing it. I'm not going to sing it. But uh, def- definitely, um, as I was thinking through, I mean, just the, the relevancy of Scripture and <clears throat> really coming back to that place of, I mean, it starts with how much do we trust the Lord, God himself, because this is his word. And so – Getting that question in our mind, I think we seems like we've talked about this uh, even some of the other topics. We've got to have that foundational belief that God is who He says He is, and Scripture says He is. And I know that references back to the to the Bible, but um, I think this generation that we're the I don't know the thirty somethings that are that are struggling it seems to be struggling with Scripture being true. Because I think for my generation, you were just told it's true, and we took it for what it was, and. Maybe that was some of the issue we're having to work through and deal with a little bit, but definitely we've passed that on to the next generation. Kind of they've embraced it. And um, so I think we've got to come back to a place of just that word of God. It, it is his word. It is God-breathed, and it is given to us to to separate the good and the bad in our life. I mean, Scripture says it in more better terms, but, um, but I definitely uh, believe that that's something we've got to make sure we're – we're looking at it as we pass it on that, yeah, I mean, this is God's word. I mean, this isn't just another book on a shelf. And so um, anyway, that's kind of my take yep. starting out. So, you know, our life is a journey, and I feel like, you know, as far as the Bible being relevant, um, it's definitely a tool and helps us, gives us direction of how we need to go. And, um, you know, our life has purpose and meaning, and I feel like, you know, the Bible has a lot of um, things to teach us, you know, what our purpose is, what our meaning is, and help us to guide us on where to go. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's the one of the issues in our culture, church culture I'm talking about, as, a, as opposed to maybe what we would call a worldly culture, what are people that don't believe it's true or people trying to explain it away, is that what I find, because I have this question asked me all the time, you know, 
how can you trust what somebody wrote 2,000 years ago? And what I've discovered is that most people in the in the in the body of Christ don't know how to defend that truth. Right. Don't don't we don't know how to defend why we think God's word is God's word. Right. And uh, and there are, there are practical things. You know, there's this it's a, it's kind of a uh, a churchy word or a theological word, but it's called the canonizing of Scripture, and mm-hmm. and that's a, a in reality what that word really means is that every book in the Bible, from a practical place, has to be able to be proven at another place in the Bible. In other words, that's how they, that's how you determine what books ended up as Scripture. You know, uh, New Testament, and Old Testament. If there aren't other books in that in the book that can confirm and affirm what's written in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, you know, whatever the book is, then it's it becomes irrelevant, you know, right. it becomes not provable. And so the only proof of the Bible is the Bible, right? Right. Yeah. Except for what we walk out in our faith, what, what we've seen. And, and so it's still a faith walk and it's still a faith decision. And, and in my faith decision, I've chosen that, to believe that God's word is God's word. And, uh, I kind of got this saying that I use: if you can believe the first four book, four words of the Bible, you can right. believe the rest. Right. Uh, in the beginning, God, right. yeah. and because you can't make it up, you can't. You can't. Nobody could. Nobody had the intelligence. Nobody could have uh, come up with a computer program to have written the Word of God and it come out doing what it did and proving what it proves and saying what it says. Uh, nobody's that smart. So right. only that proves to me there's a God, and and yeah. that's enough for me. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. Sure. So this first question is, is the message of the Bible outdated? Mandy, jump right <laughs> in on that one. <laughs> well, kind of what I was talking about earlier, you know, um, in my opinion, you know, it's not outdated. Um, you know, I think we take what people said, you know, in the past in their journeys and see, you know, how how it came about, you know, kind of directing how God directed them and how we can use that in our own situation um, today. Right. Plus, if if God is 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 omnipotent and omnipresent, uh, it's almost a foolish question to ask: Is the Bible outdated? If 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 you could go back, and we can't, because we're we're bound. One of our greatest issues in life is that we're bound by time and space. Mm-hmm. Like we we live in time and we live in space. I know that sounds kind of like scientific and smart, but it's really <laughs> not. It's just a common sense thing. We we live in in this realm. If we believe what God says he is about himself, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. So right. if you could go back a thousand years, he's still fully there. Mm-hmm. And if you could go forward a thousand years, he's still fully there. The thought that a God that can be all, all of that would write a Bible 2,000 years ago that wouldn't be relevant in 2020 is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. every practical answer to every practical question is written in the word of God Covered. every single thing he said is mm-hmm. it was true then it's true now it's going to be true tomorrow mm-hmm. and uh, and so but once you discover that once you settle settle that in your faith walk uh, it makes all of it e- easy and I always say say this to our church if uh, if you have a disagreement with the word of God then guess who's wrong mm-hmm. you know yeah. if if you don't agree with it then mm-hmm. that's not God's problem that's your problem right and I know that sounds churchy and hardcore, but it's really not. It makes it more, it, it simplifies it for me. Right. It puts it in terms I can understand. And I also tell them if, if we ever 
if you don't like what God's word says, one of these days maybe you have your own universe and you can write your book. And you know, <laughs> and, uh, and God wrote this one, so I'm going with the, His words. So, the outdated part, I I think is, I mean, I, obviously I think people jump on it because it allows an escape uh, of mm-hmm. not believing it, of not mm-hmm. not having to follow through with it. And and, and I know that's kind of hard to get, but we don't. If you look at it for what it is, it's one of the most historical books in the world. I mean, it tells a story of history, if you want to look at it that way. I don't see everyone disputing every historical book that's out, why it says this. I mean, so even taking it to the practical, outside of even the spiritual, why is it under such attack? To me, that leads you to the spiritual part of it, because, uh, I mean, it's under attack for that reason alone, and it's calling us to a place of... I guess of following something and of humility and having to give up ourselves. Because Scripture says in Hebrews, I mean, it's going to define, it separates flesh and spirit. I mean, it's separating who we are. It's going to teach us those things. So when we start to read Scripture, it's like, oh, wait a minute, that hurts. I'm Mm -hmm. letting that go. And so then we we step back from it and be like, well, that can't. And then, I mean, I just think it's our flesh and me included, if I'm not careful, we'll just kind of push that part of the Scripture away and go, I don't want that part. I I don't want it to tell me that I've got to, I, I've got to do this in my marriage, or I've got to do this in, in my lifestyle and doing everything as unto the Lord. Wait a minute, that's pretty tough. You know, and so yeah. when we start looking, I think, and so then the easy thing that I see, a lot of people, that's just, that's outdated. I'm, that was 2,000 years ago. It, it doesn't apply to me now. And so sometimes I think that's almost an unconscious type thing we, we've we grabbed a hold of. It's a, it's a matter of attitude. You know, I remember the youth ministry days, and it's still true in the pastor days, uh, is I used to have this conversation with kids. Why do you want to get s- close to the edge of what's wrong? Why, why do you Why do you try to find loopholes to get right. by with more? When in reality, and it's a lot more practical approach to live a spiritual life. When that's not even part of your equation, right. is you, you, if you tend to try to, for 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 a better way to describe it, is you to stay closer to the Father and and not get on the edge over there to see what I can get by with. If if that's not your attitude or your heart, then it's it's a whole lot easier to walk this thing out faithfully. Mm-hmm. This whole Christian right. walk, and 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 add in that what your belief is about God's word, and uh, it's. But we're, you know, we're humans, and we we're fleshly material. And the Bible yeah. says in Galatians that your flesh and your spirit are always going to be at war, yeah. and this is right. part of the war. You know, and it goes right back to we're in that dating series right now, and that one question that came up even this past week is how far is too far? Uh, you know, can we hold hands? Can we kiss? And I'm like, and it goes for what you're saying. I mean, you can, but it's leading you to a place that there's going to be other decisions and other things that are going to happen, and that are going to be negative. And so why are we looking at how close we can get to the line instead of how close we can get to the Father and what we're doing and in our relationship? Yeah, so that's what I mean. Right back, it goes right back. <laughs> and so the other kids are like, well, that's not, I didn't want it to go that. I didn't want to get that Christian. That's what they said the other night. I didn't want to get that Christian with that answer. I'm like, oh, it happens. Another so. thing that uh, comes to my mind right now, we're doing a financial peace series at our church, Dave Ramsey, and we've learned in the last, you know, seven, we're in our seventh or eighth week, so we're we're learning what the Bible says about money, you know, and, and you know, I'm just thinking about, you know, that part of it, you know, it's not outdated, and, you know, God wants us to give, God wants us to live debt-free, He wants us to use our money wisely, you know, but if we choose not to, then we're going to suffer the consequences of that, so, I mean, that's just, to me, another example of, you know, how the Bible's not outdated and every, the same age old questions you know like people were battling the same truths mm-hmm. 
-hmm. 3,000 years ago, they are now. Yep. You know, it was still a debate relationally, yeah. financially, right, and ultimately <laughs> spiritually. You know, yeah. nothing changes. And the practical part of it, I can if I miss quality time, I'll do my devotion most every day because maybe because I'm a pastor and I need to be able to say that on a podcast. I don't know, <laughs> but but I mean I get my. But there's days that I don't dive into it, and, and it really, get, you know, I'll still do my studying for Wednesday night or Sunday night. But the day, the personal devotion, I can tell myself, I can see where sometimes I'm getting short with at home, or I'm getting short with the preschool director, or you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, or <laughs> I'm just kidding, Mace. But or whatever. But I. But there's something that's not there. That, I mean, that's just not going to that depth that I really need in the practical part of scripture, deep call, calling out the deep type stuff. And yeah. I, I don't know. So I was just thinking practically daily, even for me, I can tell when I'm missing that that time, uh, and him speaking. Uh, and so the relevancy for me, uh, is, is stamped daily. You know, I mean, almost yeah. or. Well, there's, e there's evidence, I mean, factual evidence that are, that's practical. You know, Catherine Mullins, uh, great, great worship leader, was here uh, a few months ago. She said she was talking about people and the Word and, and the power of God's Word. Hebrews, like Aaron said, says that it's, it's powerful than a two-edged sword. It's, mm -hmm. it's alive, yeah. it's active. And she said that people that just read the Bible once a week are... There's no no effect on their mm -hmm. spiritual life. Two days a week, no effect. Three days a week, no effect. But the people who who tap into that fourth day a week, there's a total transformation mm -hmm. of their mm -hmm. spirit life. Yeah. Yeah. And the Bible itself says about itself that if you hide the word of God mm -hmm. in your heart, you won't sin against God. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, that's good. Any, anyway, that's some powerful stuff when it right. when it comes to the word. I mean, it's 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 life giving and life altering. Right. Yeah. So. So I guess this next one kind of piggybacks off of that. But because that Bible is thousands of year, years old, does it affect its practicality for today? I think we kind of answered it. But yeah. uh, to me, God is so practical in, in his nature. Uh, he He knew 2,000 years ago what we would be dealing with today. Mm -hmm. He knows what we're going to If the world's still here, he knows what we're going to be dealing with 100 years from now. Yeah. Right. And so... Absolutely, it's practical to me. I, I've never had a question in my relationship with my wife, my children, my family, my friends, uh, or even a debate that's going on internally about should I, should I not do this, that I didn't find answer to that in God's Word. Yeah. Right. That's that's as practical as it gets for me. You know. So, I think it's more practical now, even though you've studied it as a pastor, lived it out uh, for years now. It's more practical that I have it because I see the truth of it, mm -hmm. and it's more relevant because I see that if I can align my fam, well, first me uh, with it, my family, um, my job, my money, you know, mm -hmm. if I align those things with mm -hmm. what Scripture's telling me, man, there's so much more peace that comes with it. But it's not that I'm having to carry a burden, and He tells us to lay our burdens down. So then we're like, oh, that's Scripture too, mm -hmm. and it's to pick up His teaching, uh, He pick up His yoke, His teach, and so we pick it up, and it's like. Okay, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna jump. In. I'm gonna yeah. dive into this. And yeah, so, God's smart. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty smart guy. <laughs> he really <Yeah>. is. <laughs> yeah. so. It's like a line, like in the world, though. Like you can draw. You can put a Bible here and draw the line here, and the people who believe God's word is true, you know, live a completely different existence mm -hmm. than the people who don't believe God's right. word is yeah. true. Right. You know, it's the real struggle with 
with most of us is when we get in that middle line and try to do both. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what yeah. causes the issue. And that's true, bleeds over into every part of life, you know, not just relationship, financial decisions, but politics even, right. you know, like, yeah. uh, sure. it's a, Definitely. it's a, it's something we need to understand. We need to, we, we need to read it, uh, as if it's truth. If you, if you don't believe any part of it's not true, then just take the whole thing and right. put it to the side. Cause I agree. if one, if one, if, if one chapter of it's not true, then none of it is, you know, yeah. so, right. but and, that, and, and again, that's a faith decision, you mm-hmm. know, and that's my decision I had to make for me. I know everybody's got to make. Maybe be somebody watching that, like on the opposite side of that. This dude's crazy, you know. He don't, you know, this. He he don't he don't know what I've been through. No, but you don't know what I've been through either. Right. And and the, the comfort and the peace I found in God's word, and the hope that I find in God's word yeah. is is life altering for me again. It is. So. Sure. You got anything on that, man? You good? Do you believe it's practical? Well, yeah. Just say yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so this next one says, um, "Who wrote? So who wrote the Bible? And was it just a people, bunch of people who have opinions? Are they different from my opinion? How does it affect it?" Well, uh, going back to the scripture we quoted to start with in Second Timothy. All of scriptures God breathed, obviously. Uh, <coughs> and I don't know why God does this. It's always been, a, it's not confusing. It's just, it's, it, it's, it makes me smile when I think of it. I, I don't know why God has always trusted humans. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the the gospel <laughs> that we know now, obviously, is because of God. But, you know, somebody, some, some person, my parents mostly, taught me about Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. and... And and then I confirmed what they were saying in His Word. Uh, so, in the same way, He trusted people. Mm-hmm. He filled people. When 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 Second Timothy says that the Scripture is God breathed, it means that God used other people's hands to write stuff down. You know, yeah. Paul and Peter and you know Matthew and Mark and Luke, John. You know, yeah. Moses. You know, mm-hmm. he 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 inspired them. Right. you know, mm-hmm. to write this book. And yeah. so I trust it, you know, mm-hmm. not because I trust David. I mean, David right. made a lot of mistakes. Uh, I've said this about David. Most churches in, in our in the South wouldn't even let David join. Right. Mm-hmm. All the stuff yeah. that crazy dude did. <laughs> but God in Acts said about David that he was a man after my own heart. Mm-hmm. He served God in his generation. Yeah. Not only that, that guy wrote a, a lot of chapters in the in the Psalms. You read right. them. Yeah. It says a psalm of David, you know, and I'm like, wow. So this imperfect guy was picked for a perfect task. The only way that ever happens is by the spirit and inspiration, <laughs> right? You know, mm-hmm. so right. Uh, yeah, I trust every sentence of it. I really do, and it's a whole lot easier for me just to have settled that in my heart that that's what I'm going to do. And and everybody has to make that decision on their own, though. And uh, sure has been a, a a freedom to me to trust his word as my ultimate authority yeah. that leads me not having to be God because right. I definitely don't want to be God mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. no. we have a yeah. God and I'm not him and I like the fact that we have one so yeah yeah well I think you know like I said at first you know our life's a journey and I think it's interesting with having you know multiple contributors to writing the Bible and how we can just see their different journeys and learn from them um 
you know, I think it makes the Bible even more interesting, honestly. Yeah, thank like, God he picked them for right. yeah. exactly. like us to write it. <laughs> it's down. relatable. You know? It's relatable. <laughs> I can relate. Yeah. They never messed up, but David never messed up, or Moses never killed a dude, you know. Yeah. If uh, Peter hadn't denied Christ, you know. Right. right. James, right. the brother of Jesus, probably didn't even believe that Jesus was God's son until after he died. Right. I'm like, <laughs> right. that's your brother, you right. know. Y'all should have had some family conversations, you know. About <laughs> your family. That's, you know. Been around the dinner table, but those are imperfect people like yeah. us, man. Yeah, that's yeah. why. My, that's why it's, it gives us hope. Yeah, it sure. does. Absolutely, it does. I think, um, and you may remember this, Macy, when we were uh, John Bevere wrote a book, uh, Good or God. And I don't mm-hmm. know, but uh, when we read a we read a youth re- uh, event, but he started talking about. The there's over uh, maybe 350, maybe 354, maybe the exact number of prophecies in Scripture speaking of Christ, and every one of them have come true. I mean, every one of them came true through the person of Jesus Christ and through His life. And so, in that, he started talking about how the Scripture was put together and all the probabilities on moving. And he was talking about it, you know, not to tell the whole I mean just go through it the way he did it but I mean you got guys writing from different continents at mm-hmm. different times different things and it all comes together, to, it comes together yeah. mm-hmm. through the spirit of God and to put it in reality say, I think he said if you put a guy in Oklahoma take him up in a helicopter or something and uh, the probability is to dot one coin with some paint uh, one quarter and you throw it out in the land in Texas the size of Texas and fill it up three feet high with quarters for that person to jump out of that air, uh, helicopter, I think it was helicopter, and land and find that quarter is the probability that all those prophecies are going to be true. Yeah. And I'm talking about the, the size of Texas filled with quarters. And he's just like, there's no way that's not God. Yeah. There's no way that these things just happen from these guys at different places. And so I, I meant to look that up just to where I could have that number. But I know it was over 300. Probably, but just the fulfillment of Scripture confirms it to me. Yeah. Going back to what you said earlier about it, that's what affirms it and confirms it yeah. more and more. Yeah. And so it was uh, the analogy was it was on point. It was good. So. That's awesome. That is awesome. So how about translations? Um, how do we know that there's that it's translated correctly? Now that's the best question you've had because <laughs> <laughs> honestly, there are like a gazillion translations of God's word and. Uh, <coughs> Uh, but there's also an ability to go back and, I mean, just practical stuff like, you know, Google, like, original text and things like that. You know, I mean, now we live in a world where you don't have to have a library full of books to right. confirm things. There are, there, are, there are some serious things, errors mm-hmm. in in some modern-day translations of God's Word. Uh, uh, and so I, I, I do think we can do practical research mm-hmm. to know which ones are uh are translations or which ones are just opinions and which ones are right. they're just trying to write it in in a modern day language so you can understand it because sometimes right. we we miss we miss words that we translate in english that like the word praise i'm, I'm getting ready to do a sermon series on praise because uh, macy told me to read this book and i did um, <laughs> but there in the old testament there's seven the word praise written in english is praise just p-r-a-i-s-e but there's seven different meanings to that word, mm-hmm. if, and yeah. so sometimes even in, written in English is not a not a perfect translation. You got to look behind the word. Right. You know what did what did that mean in Hebrew? What did that mean in Arabic? What did that mean uh, in 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 the language it was written in? And 
So certainly there, there are bad translations, in my mm. opinion. But um, that's where the Bible says itself. It says, study to show yourself approved. Mm -hmm. right. exactly. <laughs> so right. go look. I mean, pay, right. put some effort into, mm -hmm. uh, into what translations are the best. I have my opinion. You may have yours. But uh, I use the New King James Version right now, and I find it to be a, a great translation. Not perfect, though. None of them probably are, right. but but that's where the research comes in to play. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, so. Well, I think you know not only doing the research, but you know as you're reading scripture, <clears throat> reading the word, you know, just the simplicity of asking God, what are you trying to show me, or what are you trying yeah. to tell me in this, and you know, just being a Christian as long as I, you know, ever since I was a child and brought up, you know, sometimes I'll go back and revisit some scriptures, and God's telling me something completely, and a whole nother you know, bringing it to the next level of what he's trying to show me in that scripture. Um, so as far as translations goes, you know, like you said, some of them are in error, but I think, you know, when you get down to it, you really just need to ask him what he's trying to tell you or what he's trying to show you. Mm -hmm. Most of those, even those bad translations, keep the main thing the main thing, though. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, there's some truths in all, just, probably, just about all of them. I don't want to say all of them because I haven't read all of them. Uh, but <laughs> there's some some simple truths that we can center in on that are practical truths and and uh, and use the, those things for accountability, growth, mm -hmm. change. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. Yeah, you won't read was, the word of God a lot a lot without change happening, yeah. or you, or you yeah. won't read it at all. <laughs> I was kind of thinking through that when I saw that question because it was that's good. I I think I've researched it whether it was Google, whatever people I trusted that had, in all honesty, had um, said, I mean, whether it was a, a pastor, an evangelist, or someone that I trusted their heart, whether Billy Graham or somebody like, you know, this this translation, you know, I, this is one, and I'm like, okay, well, if he's, so I honestly did look at it. So I think there's some something there for those that trust you, not that we put our trust in man, but there's also individuals that I do trust when I hear them yeah. speak and, and if they're preaching or whatever. And, and so I was just kind of uh, even thinking about when the NIV was switching. I remember reading something, I think it was from Billy Graham that put out uh, a statement and I was just like, okay, well, I mean, if, you know, if Billy Graham's saying this, so, I mean, I think there's something in wise counsel as well. Um, and then doing the research, I mean, because, you know, and I know uh, you do a great job, Mason, when you do Bible studies and the different things that there's websites that just you can easily find okay. and uh can pull i mean it gives you everything yeah. so um that'll i mean that's probably the best way to to roll with it yeah for sure so it's like my favorite part of studying the bible is word studies it's funny that you well, said I, that I, do, I love word studies <laughs> yeah. and we got like commentaries everywhere now so okay. anyway that look that you just and gave uh, we better not put that on there sorry <laughs> Are you going to edit this? I think it's time for us to go. Yeah, I'm supposed to tell somebody bye and say thank you for watching. We're telling the YouTubers. Thank you, YouTube, for watching. Apple, Spotify, everybody else. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you.